0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! Las Vegas! Insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host Scott Skull Branson and Mo Mouton. Welcome back, Silver and Black. Today at Odyssey Original Podcast, the draft is over, Raider Nation. How are you feeling? Some of you love it, some of you hate it. And then most of us in the middle somewhere there, right? You're still processing what happened over the weekend, what the Raiders did. We're going to get into all of that today. Not only the draft overall, but the Raiders, of course, specifically around all the picks that they had. They had a lot of picks this year. They had a lot of needs. Did they address them all? We're going to get into that First of all, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you don't already do it, please do it wherever you get your podcast. Shout out to our listeners on the radio in Las Vegas. Yes, we are also on The Bet in Las Vegas, an audio uh, Odyssey radio station out there as well. So make sure you listen to us there. And hearty hello to everybody on YouTube. Hit the subscription and the notifications bell. And I say us because this show is me. And my co-host, Mo Moten, he is a national NFL writer at Bleacher Report, also Raiders columnist at SportsNot.com, where you can find brand new content. We'll talk about that in this last segment of the show, what he's got new, because you definitely want to check that out. Uh, And he will also be someone you want to follow on Twitter, at Mo Moten, which you can see on the screen if you're watching us, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at L V Gully. Okay, Mo, the draft is over. And uh, it was an eventful one. So many things happened we thought would happen. So many things we thought would happen did not happen. Yes, I had people on Twitter say, oh, thank God you're not a GM. Your show was so wrong. Yes, most of us were wrong. We said that actually for a month leading it, that, hey, we're just guessing. Like everybody else, it doesn't matter how talented you are, what homework you do. uh, The reality is the draft is a very unusual animal. Mo, let's start at the top, though. We're going to get all into the Raiders stuff in a second. But this 2023 NFL draft, a lot of trades. Our producer, David Stepanian, predicted there would be a ton of trades. Let's start there. What surprised you the most about this draft and how it went down?
1: First of all, so I'll defend our show a little bit here. I don't, I don't see how <laughs> we were terribly wrong on anything. We predicted that Dave, Devin Witherspoon would be the pick, and it turns out the Seattle Seahawks swiped him. Yes. So obviously the league was also high on Devin Witherspoon. A lot of people were in Christian Gonzalez, and he went 17 to New England Pages. So the league wasn't as high on Gonzalez as they were Devin Weatherspoon. And also, I'll get into a prediction that I had. I put out my first full-round mock draft, and people saying, oh, no way Jalen Carter gets past the Raiders, Mo. You have him going nine. There's no way they're going to pass him. And I said, a visit with the Raiders doesn't guarantee that they're going to pick him in that spot. And lo and behold, what happens? Jalen Carter falls to nine, which is where I had him. In my first round mock, and I had him going to the Bears, but it turns out the Bears moved back with the Eagles, and the Eagles picked him up. But I had the Raiders passing on Jalen Carter; I was correct on that. But I will say the surprises that happened during the draft, who had the Texans trading up for Will Anderson after they drafted C.J. Stroud? Those guys went back-to-back. There was a lot of talk that it was going to be one or the other. Nick Casario shrugged his shoulders and said, eh, why not both? And that shocked me as I was doing my Bleacher Report live show. Uh, will Levis in the second round was a shocker because he was – reportedly telling his friends and family according to a reddit thread that the panthers were considering him with the first pick and his odds changed in his favor after that came out so that was a shocker there but as far as the Raiders are concerned I thought they would address the cornerback position in the linebacker spot earlier but I'm sure we'll get into that today.
0: We will get into that, and I think that that's one of the things when you look at the draft, and, and to your point, we said it, and yes, we were in close vicinity to what the Raiders were going to do. Uh, they did. We predicted going in, it was going to be very heavily defensive. We probably would have seen the Raiders go defense with their second round pick too, but we'll get into that later. It's just too good of a value to, to pass up there with Michael Mayer, uh, and we'll get into it. But For me, I think that's the thing here, too, is remember, you just don't know. Mo, the thrilling thing about draft day is the unpredictable. You talked about it, how aggressive Houston was. When that pick, when they pick second, they take C.J. Stroud, and then all of a sudden you see the trade roll up with the Cardinals, and it's the Texans again for Mm back-to-back picks at the top of the first round. Will Anderson, Mm -hmm. you're like, Holy moly, this is nuts. And sure enough, we saw this trading go, and the Raiders were participants in that trade, maybe not at the top of the first round, but they did a lot of swapping later on, which we'll talk about. But that, to me, it just goes to show you, with this draft, you just don't know what's going to happen. And so when you're going into it, everything you think might happen, players that you think the Raiders might grab at seven, no doubt, that can change Very quickly as these GMs, as these scouts, see who falls off the board.
1: You have to go along with the flow of the draft because you just don't know who's going to be available at what spot. So you can't say we're definitely going to draft a cornerback here, a linebacker there, because there may be a player who slips that you didn't think would be there. And that's what I believe happened with the Raiders in the second round with Michael Mayer, who who thought he was going to be the third tight end off the board. No, I, I saw a lot of people have him in the first round as the first or maybe the second tight end after Dalton Kincaid. Turns out he was the third and he looked pretty pissed off when Dalton Kincaid was picked to go to the Bills. <laughs> they showed a shot of Michael Bear and he's like, I, I should be the tight end, I should be the top tight end in this class. So to get a pissed off Michael Mayer and the Raiders, I'll take that. The other thing about the Raiders draft is, and you mentioned it, the, the aggressiveness of teams moving up for their for their players. The Raiders moved up, I believe, four times for players. And I said this on Twitter that three of the times that they moved up, I actually liked the pick. Mm-hmm. And that another prediction we had right on this show is, or I, at least I said this, I said the Raiders weren't going to make 12 selections they're going to make 9 to 10 they come away with 9 because a lot of people saying well these picks are useless these day three picks are useless well Mm. the Raiders use those day three picks to get guys like Michael Mayer to get Chris Smith to get your and Bennett so there's no useless draft pick and the Raiders knew that they had to kind of consolidate their class because there's no way you're gonna have 12 rookies come into camp you bundle those picks up as I said on this show plenty of times and you move up for the guys you want and that's what Dave Ziegler did.
0: So if we look at this, Mo, let's let's start to break it down a little bit. We'll get into specific players as we roll into segment two. But if you look at the draft recap for the Raiders here and what they did through all seven rounds, the question is, did they address all their needs? You know, the Raiders had clear opportunities to add depth on the offensive line, defensive line, at cornerback. And then, of course... They were looking, perhaps we had heard, to add some depth to the quarterback room. When you look at it from the needs they had heading in, where did they hit? Where did they miss? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: They definitely hit on the defensive line. They picked up two defensive tackles in Byron Young in the third round at pick 70. And Anesta uh, J. Severa as their last pick out of Arizona State, who, by the way, has a connection to Antonio Pierce, who was the co-defensive coordinator at Arizona State. So that pick right. makes sense. Of course, their first pick, Tyree Wilson, uh, is going to be a versatile defensive lineman, not just going to line up on the edge. I think he'll also kick inside in some packages. So they definitely hit in the trenches on the defensive side of the ball. Where they missed that was, as as mentioned briefly, the linebacker position. They waited until the sixth round to draft a linebacker and Amari Bernie out of out of Florida. Now, great. now I think he has an opportunity to compete for a lot of snaps early as a rookie. But to to rely on a sixth rounder to patch up your linebacker corps after what it looked like at the free agency, that's risky business. And I know a lot of people will say, well, Patrick Graham's defense deemphasizes the position of the linebacker. And I say, look, you want good football players on every level of your defense, whether they're high value or not. And I think the Raiders, where they pick Byron Young and where they pick Trey Tucker, who I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot today, I think that spot should have been a linebacker or a cornerback. Now, they did get Jacorian Bennett as a cornerback, but I felt like they should have double-dipped that cornerback, and Jacorian Bennett should have been the second cornerback they took. They passed on the top prospects at the position, which makes me believe that they're going to bring in a veteran quarterback. So, cornerback, linebacker, I question a little bit. You mentioned Mm -hmm. offensive line. I thought they would get a guard, but maybe the board didn't fall that way. Other than that, I think they address pretty much um their needs there. Cause they got I think they got a safety in the fifth round who's probably going to play a lot of reps as a rookie and Chris Smith.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's where you look at this, and, and we'll get into grades and whatnot later. But I look at it as a solid draft class, and yep. there are a few areas where they missed the mark. You just mentioned them. I think offensive line sticks out. But to your point, as the board falls, they did address offensive line with a good kid. We'll talk about as an undrafted free agent in just a minute. But if you look at what they've done there and at cornerback, yes, could they have gone earlier in cornerback? Yes. If Michael Mayer wasn't there, I thought I think they probably would have. Mm-hmm. But but who knows? I think the situation with this class and this is how I'm going this is going to be kind of I think my script uh, until we see how this unfolds over the course of the 2023 season mo is that this class is a good class, but it is not a class that is going to help them, I believe significantly right away there is not to me four bona fide guys on the defense for example who are going to make such an impact to turn this team around I think this class will get better as time goes on you have some good kids here who with some playing time will be rotational players you mentioned young and some of these other guys they will work their way in I don't think they were bad picks but it's not going to be instant gratification would you agree with me on that
1: I would agree with you on that, but I also want to correct myself on, on the show before the draft. And you, I remember you asked, what would a good Raider draft class look like? And yes. I talked about starters. And, and I want to correct myself on that because in the NFL, you could be a, a quote-unquote starter and play less than 50% of the snaps. True, You could be a backup and play more than 50% of the snaps. So I want to step back from the label of starter backup. And talk about how many snaps do you think that player is going to play? Is that player going to play more than 50% of the snaps or less than 50% of the snaps? Because the more you're on the field, obviously, the more chance you can have an impact on his football team. And if I'm looking at this draft class, I think Tyree Wilson is going to play most of the snaps on a defensive line. I think eventually he'll take over for Chandler Jones. Whether it happens early or not, I think it depends on the recovery, the healing of his foot. Yeah. Byron Young is going to be a rotational player. I don't see him playing more than even 40% of the snaps because that defensive line room and Ziggler talked about it. Buckle Back. up. It's going to be a, a very competitive defensive line room. And I don't see Byron Young playing a ton of snaps because he's going to have to compete with Bilal Nichols, who played about 71% of the snaps last year. Matthew Butler, Neil Farrell, who they drafted last year. As I said, they brought in Nesta Jade Severa also as a defensive tackle. Yes. You got Jerry Tillery still there. So there are some bodies they have on our defensive line, and Baron Young is going to be in that shuffle. The other player I would, the other two players I would look at is Jacorian Bennett. I think he has a chance to start. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't pen, I wouldn't pen him in as a starter, but I think he has a good chance because of his ball production. Right. I think Chris Smith is going to be a starter, quote unquote, guy who plays a lot of snaps, more than fifty percent, simply because I'm not a big believer in Marcus Epps, and and I and I really. Didn't I wanna say I didn't like the pickup, but I was very lukewarm in that pickup. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Chris Smith can come in immediately and play a lot of snaps at that position as a rookie because of his instincts, because of his football IQ and ball production. He has the total package. He just didn't test well at the combine. I said this in a in a tweet that if he ran a 4-4, Chris Smith would have been a, a probably a third-round pick.
0: Yes. And listen, I, I don't disagree with you on that. I think Chris Smith will play a lot of snaps. And I think I like the Jacorian Bennett pick. I think he might be that gem of a pick, right? He might be that guy, just like Max Crosby in the fourth, Jacorian Bennett in the in the fourth. Again, though, I think that there's ifs there. And even with Tyree Wilson, which I love the pick, trust me, the injury, we just don't know how long it's going to take him to get there, to your point. He'll eventually re- replace Chandler Jones. I have no doubt about that. I think he has the talent, and, and and there shouldn't be... As long as he gets healthy, and it all goes the way it should, then that should take some time. And that's why I think... This, this draft class, um, you're going to have to wait. It's not going to be like, man, after four weeks, look at, look at how these guys are lighting up the board here. No, I think it's going to take some time. You develop some of these guys in, and we're going to get into the specifics on all of these guys uh, when we come back. But, but certainly, I think Raider Nation has to feel good about the fact that there wasn't major reaches, although you could say Byron Young, a lot of people had him in the fourth round. Um, but they liked him, they liked what he did, so they took him there. This was not a Gruden-Mayock-Reach type pick, nor was Michael Mayer or Tyree Wilson. Those were not guys that, that had no business being where they were, except for Mayer, he should have been higher. So to me, if you're looking at it through that lens, it's improvement and it's steady, and you're starting to see... A little bit, I think Mo, of where Josh Ziegler and Josh McDan- excuse me, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are in how they want to construct this team by the type of player they are selecting.
1: Right, and I, th- I think Dave Ziegler said this previously that they're not going to fix the defense with one draft. It's no. going to take multiple draft classes to do that. Now, of course, you want guys who are going to make an immediate impact. But I, I went through the list of names, and Tyree Wilson is the only guy right now that I could say definitely should make an immediate impact. I feel good about Ja'Cory and Bennett and and Chris Smith, but we'll see. And as I said, Byron Young, crowded defensive line room. So that's another wait-and-see approach. I think he'll be a rotational player, immediately contribute on rundowns or early downs against the run. That's fine. But as you said, I I question the value there. I'm sure we'll get into that later on in the show.
0: Yes, and of course they have Michael Mayer, who will be a starter from get-go, I believe. Um, (laughs) Scott's favorite draft
1: pick, by the way.
0: Absolutely. It's sometimes it works out that way. Right. But, but literally the the kid is a, a catching machine. I mean, he does not drop balls. If you get the ball to him, he's not as dynamic as some of the other tight ends when it comes to running the field, but he, they call him baby Gronk. For a reason, I think there is a lot of similarities there. So it'll be exciting to do that. Okay, when we come back from the break, we're gonna get down into all the draft picks for the Raiders and give you our assessment of them, talk a little bit about them. Uh, and then in the third segment, we'll get nitty gritty, give you our grade. Uh, you kind of got a sense for how we already feel about this one. And I know for you out there who hate it and wanted CJ Stroud and thought they should give up everything, including the deed to the stadium to get him I know you're going to tell us that we're shilling for the raiders and all that jazz but no we're just being objective and hey if you don't like it you don't like it but we're going to give it to you straight here on silver and black today don't go anywhere we are coming right back